0: So you have this crazy idea. Maybe it's not crazy. Maybe it sucks. Maybe it's awesome. I don't know. But you have an idea and that's what matters. And you want to turn that idea into a sweet video. You want to make a rad video. You want to make a short film, something like that. And you don't know how to get the idea into production. Today, I'm going to share with you how to do that, some practical advice on how to turn your idea into an actual video. We're going to talk about planning for your idea, planning for your production, and going to help you avoid a ton of mistakes with the right tools for planning for your production. My name is Nick, and this is Nick's Fort, and you're listening to the Freelance Filmmaking Podcast. If you're listening to this and watching this on my YouTube channel, you can click the thumbs up if you dig it. You can subscribe if you dig it, and if you have any questions or comments, drop them below. I like to interact with you guys, and I, I also answer your questions at the end of every episode. So I've written down a list of all of the things I could think of related to pre-production that we want to talk about and we want to consider. I'm going to go over that. I'm going to rattle this list off real quick. Outline your story, interview questions, scripts, storyboard, shooting schedule, call sheet, prepping your talent, securing your location, model releases, property releases, uh, branding releases, shot sheet, a lighting plan, a gear list, and a prop list. So we have a lot of documents here that we're going to talk about and ideas related to pre-pro, Briefly, I, I'm I'm gonna make a pre-production document pack for you guys. If you want to check that out, it's gonna include all of the document templates that I have created over the course of my career as a filmmaker, as a freelancer, uh, in one single package. It's gonna be at nicksfort.com/shop. And if you want to go check that out, it's going to be 50% off for the next week. And you can get all those document templates in the same spot. If you don't have any of them, it could be a really useful jumpstart for you. I always start with an outline for my idea. That's step one, make an outline. And going into making an outline, you don't need a template or anything like that. You just write it down on paper, type it into a document, whatever you want. The important thing to think about when you're making your outline is to not get hung up on the specifics too quickly. Just start putting it out there. Start typing. If you don't, you don't worry about perfection as you're creating an outline, because the thing is, is you can amend it and move it. So as you create this outline, you might might move the beginning to the end and the end to the beginning or the section in the middle to the front. Like you have the ability to move it around. So just start it. And as you start it, things will sort of work its way out. It has its it'll find its own path as you create an outline. From your outline, you might then create a script. The script is going to be a bit more fleshed out than your outline. And for a narrative, I would just follow the traditional style of formatting for a narrative script. You can look that up. Look up your favorite movie. Check it out. Um... If you're doing a documentary style thing or a a content for a brand or something, then my script template is going to follow uh, sort of a column format. So I'm going to have multiple columns. Uh, I'm going to have a column related to the visual, what we're going to see. That's going to be one of the columns. I'm going to have a column related to um sort of the narrative or the voiceover and I'm going to type into that column my ideal sound bites, what I want to hear the person like say we're doing a documentary uh, piece, I'm going to type in what I would want the talent to say and I'm going to hopefully be able to uh find those sound bites in my interviews with the talent so i'm going to be you know sort of thinking about how the story to go based on the narrative in that column and then i'm going to have another column that's going to sort of be a a catch-all for other direction that's important for the script in the story so that could be uh, any specific graphics or any specific sound effects or specific music stuff like that that's gonna drive the story and is worth noting at this stage you have your outline you turned it into a script and now I'm gonna go down two different pathways I'm either gonna go for a storyboard or I'm gonna go for a shot sheet and if I do the storyboard, the storyboard is going to—I'm going to uh, I'm gonna use my storyboard template, and I'm going to—I'm going to have the scene number, I'm going to have the shot number, I'm going to have a description of what I'm shooting, and then I'm going to have some lighting direction in there. I'm going to have the time of the day, and I'm going to have the length of the shot, and um, I might—I might go into the specifics of what lens I want to use, uh, and then I'm also going to have either a. Uh, rough sketch of what the shot would look like um or i'm going to have a reference shot sort of similar to like a mood board so maybe um a frame from another video, um, a a still shot from the internet or something that represents the kind of shot I want to get. So let's say I want to do an over the shoulder shot, I might go look for an over the shoulder shot with sort of the vibe that I want and put it in there. Or I would draw it uh, poorly because I'm terrible at drawing. So that would be I would do that for the storyboard and and take the idea into the storyboard stage. If I don't do a storyboard, then I'm going to do a shot sheet. A shot sheet for me is going to be a robust document, it's going to have a description of the shot, and then we're gonna be ta- like so say we have a wide, wide shot of exterior, and then we might have the uh the next thing I'm gonna note is the speed. So I'm either gonna talk you know, maybe I'm talking slow motion shot, uh 24 frames a second, 30 frames a second, maybe it's a time lapse. Um you're gonna have a note on that. We're gonna have a note on the framing, you know, medium Uh, wide shot, close up, whatever sort of the framing is going to be. Then I'm going to have a column for uh, stabilizer uh, stabilization. So that's sort of for me, that's going to be if it's handheld, tripod, gimbal, monopod is going to be noted what I want to use for my stabilization for the shot. And then I have a column for notes. In that is sort of general direction for the shot, or if I wanted to get multiple angles, anything I'm thinking ahead about for that shot specifically it could even have a note about a prop or anything like that. It's, it's a note um, for direction for 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 whatever. It's, you know, you can use that in a lot of different ways. And then the last column I have in my shot sheet is uh, who. Who, who, who's the talent, who do I need to, to be participating in that shot? And I might note um, the talent, uh, myself, whoever's shooting it, You know, sort of like who's got to be there for this shot. And, uh, and you might have noticed for the shot sheet or the storyboard, I, sometimes I'm going to do both. Often I won't, but sometimes I will. Both include uh, an opportunity to dig into the lighting plan, If needed, the storyboard more so than the shot sheet, but in the shot sheet and the notes column, you could uh, have lighting uh, cues in there or lighting plans. And if you wanted to, if you need to, you could really dig into making a lighting um, sort of a, a plan if you want to. And that could be another production document that you use if you're going to go down that road of making those lighting plans uh i i I don't do that personally i I, i'm gonna if i if i do anything of that nature it's going to be sketching on a notebook really quickly another document that you want to create is a gear list uh and a prop list and this document is super super important because if you forget a piece of gear that you need for your production because you didn't plan accordingly you can ruin your shoot so if you're doing this professionally you definitely want to do this. It's just, it's just, it might feel like overkill, but when you show up on set and you forgot your memory card for your drone and you can't get the shot, you're going to look like an idiot. Uh, I'm sorry, but just make a gear list. My gear list is going to have uh, multiple columns. Again, I make it in an Excel, uh, or I use Google Sheets. And, and I'm going to have the department so that could, if your production is big enough, you have like grip department, camera department, aerial department, right, you have different categories to lump the gear together. And then the next column is going to actually be the gear. So let's say I'm bringing my C200, I'm bringing two batteries, I'm bringing two cards, I'm bringing this uh, boom pole in this shotgun mic, and this pop filter. And you know, you list all of the gear the the corresponding department next to it the quantity so i'm going to bring two batteries for my c200 right and then i have a column for the owner uh i own the equipment type that in there maybe you are renting from a rental house or an online rental uh, resource you put the person who owns the equipment in there or maybe you're doing a shoot with multiple other individuals bringing their own gear so now this is kind of kind of organize your gear um and then You can have another column for who's going to transport the gear because maybe I'm going to have all my gear there, but I have a PA who's bringing it, who's responsible. So, the idea is that on sets, it dictates who is responsible for what. Then you have another column for the use of that gear. Maybe you have A unit, B unit. Who is getting what gear? You can dictate that in that column. You have a, a column for the cost of the gear to keep track of how much everything is costing for rentals and stuff like that. And then I have another column for notes. And in that, I'm going to put up. You know, I'm going to put you know maybe the 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 location of the pickup or where it's going to be dropped off or what time it's going to be picked up or where it's, where, what location it needs to go to a note column, general notes going there. And then the last thing is a prepped column. And that column is going to allow you to go through the gear list. And if you need to prep your camera, if you need to test it before, which you generally should do, uh, especially if you're working on a production with multiple people, it's like, did we test the camera? Did we charge the batteries? Is the gear prepped. That's really, really important. So you have that, you check it off once it's prepped and you have this master gear list. So you don't mess up your gear and you don't ruin your shoot by not having your gear straight. And then coming off of that gear list, I would also say you could apply the gear list to a prop list and it would be sort of a similar approach, or you could sort of merge them together. Uh, So we're not going to talk specifically about the prop list. The next couple documents are going to be related to scheduling. In my shot sheet, sometimes I will have a column that has a schedule of when we're shooting what shots, and it'll organize the day, so there's sort of a schedule built in. I also sometimes will just build out a schedule specifically for the day, but I usually end up merging those together, so my shot sheet usually acts as my schedule, but there is another document called a call sheet that acts as a schedule in a sense. And a call sheet is a a nice, robust document that you need for your productions. I made an entire video about production documents where I dig into call sheets, uh, model releases, property releases, all the releases and stuff like that. So I'm not going to really talk too much about that here. I'll link that video uh, for you guys above and below in the show notes. You guys can check out the video about the call sheets and the, the releases. But the short of it is Call sheet. You're going to have a a schedule in there. You're going to have all of your crew and your talents information. You're going to have the weather. You're going to have the sunrise, the sunset. You're going to have uh, the, the closest hospital. You're going to have all this information that's critical to the production going smoothly. And you're going to have it right in one sheet that everyone gets. Everyone gets to look at it. They know what time to show up. There's no excuses for your production to go wrong when you have a nice call sheet. If you are doing a non-narrative shoot and you're going to be doing some interviews, then you want to make a document with your interview questions. And we're not going to dig too, too deep into the interview question stuff here, but basically you want to write the questions for the interview session. And when you're writing them, what you want to do is you want to avoid any question that can be answered with a yes or a no Because you want your interviewer to share this information. A yes or a no from an interviewer in a video is useless. So think about that when you write your interview questions. Tailor them. Ask them to people. Test them out. Test them out on yourself. If you're getting a yes or no, rephrase it so it doesn't have a yes or no answer. And there's some more tips that we can go into in another episode about doing interviews interview questions, get that document prepped if you need it. And then the last two things are related to uh, not necessarily documents, and it sort of depends on the production that you're working on. Uh, But this would be like preparing your talent, uh, working with your talent prior to the production so you if you're doing a documentary style shoot maybe that involves coordinating timing with them coordinating um any sort of props or um wardrobe needs that that they might need to uh to 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 be aware of prior to showing up anything like that you know Have a conversation, get that, get that going. If you're doing a narrative, then you're definitely going to be working with them doing rehearsals and blocking and all that good stuff with uh, your talent to, to get prepared for your, for your shoot. And then the other thing would be talking with your location and securing that location, Uh, Maybe you don't need to do that if you're shooting in a park or on the street or something. You have a small team, but if you're shooting in a location where you're inside, you're in someone's facility, someone's building, you're gonna want to talk to them prior, get permission, talk to them about whether they'll sign a release or not, and sort of work that out. Do you have to pay them? Do you not have to pay them? Have that conversation with your location and also with your model. Make sure that if you want to use this for a stock site or something, you know, maybe you're shooting something for fun, you're doing a passion project, you want to use it for fun you ask them if they'll sign a release same with the location and then you can go make a little bit of money on this passion piece with those releases remember that you don't need to do all of these for every production think about your production and what needs it has in the scale of it and then apply the appropriate planning prior to filming to make your production go smoothly if you're if, if it's overwhelming to think about doing all of this, then take some baby steps as you develop yourself as a filmmaker, do a little here, do a little here, you know, try this, try that and work out the kinks and see what works for you on certain projects. Don't overwhelm yourself in this stage unnecessarily really think about what you need for the project you're doing and just use those tools to plan for your project. And if you do that, It's going to make your shoot a lot smoother. It's going to make everything go better. And at the end of the day, it's going to make your video way, way better by doing this planning prior to your production. In an effort to help you guys out, I've put together a pre-production document kit. It's going to include all of the templates that I have for all of these documents that we've talked about today. And if you want to check that out, it's at nicksfort.com slash shop. It's going to be 50% off for the next week. So if you think that you need these documents, save yourself some time and go get the templates from me. And I have some really, really good questions from last week. And if you aren't aware of that in this series, I'm going to take your questions every week. And at the end, I'm going to answer them. And that should be useful information for everyone to chew on. So let's let's dig into some of those questions real quick. All right. So the first question is from Eric Briggs. And he says, do you have an editing rate? Or do you always quote for jobs that require editing? If you do have a rate, how does it compare to your day rate? And if you don't have a rate, and always quote on gigs needing editing, do you hire editors? If so, where do you find them? internally on my documents on my pricing worksheets internally on my budgets I have a rate for editing I don't put myself out into the world as a freelance editor so I don't have this hourly rate that I'm sitting down with my clients and saying this is my hourly rate for editing I don't do that I'm doing a uh, bigger projects and it's built into it so that's that's how I function with editing sometimes I outsource my editing I'm going to find those editors through my network and through word of mouth within my network. Um, If you're interested in trying to figure out your hourly editing rate, I have that pricing worksheet that I've created. I did a whole workshop on how to price your work to be sustainable and successful as a freelancer. I'll link that above and below. You guys can check out that pricing workshop if you want. And that's how I would figure out my editing rate. And related to a day rate, basically I would break it down like this. If you if you edit for 10 hours in a day and your day rate's $1,000, then your hourly rate's $100 an hour. Personally, I don't think I would be doing anything less than a half day rate for editing. You could do hourly and it's up to you. Uh, But I I would do half day, full day rates for editing if I was a freelance editor specifically. Next question. All right. So Lex asks, and mind you, I think Lex is Italian. Uh, His second language is English for sure. uh, And he noted that. um, But basically he says, I can tell any kind of story, make people believe in it and improvise in real time. But when it comes to vlogging, blackout. And I feel so unnatural. Why the hell can't I be the same when I'm alone with my camera? Why do I need to talk to real people in real time to make this happen? All right, Lex, the reality of vlogging is that it's weird. It's always going to be weird to vlog and talk to your camera. It's just freaking weird. But let's consider something here. You're good at telling stories to people in real life. I bet you've been telling stories to people in real life for a long time. I bet you've had a lot of time to practice and refine and get good at telling stories to people in real life. And you play off the reactions of people and you've learned the nuances of communicating with other people. How often have you practiced vlogging? My guess is you haven't practiced enough, not even near the amount of times you've told stories to people in real life to think and feel confident enough in your vlogging to camera. The short answer is you need to practice vlogging to get good at vlogging. So go practice vlogging. All right. Last question here. And this is from Jonah Taljard, probably slaughtered that last name. Sorry, buddy. Um, is it a good idea to pursue agencies? And how do you become a trusted DP slash filmmaker for an agency? I live in a small town with a small economy, and I have to think and work way outside of my local area. This question is two parted. And it's pretty dense and hard to think about. Because for me, agencies is a is a vague word. There's agencies that do big international campaigns for companies and they operate on a huge scale with 12 offices around the world. And then there's boutique local agencies that work with regional clients and everything in between. So I think first off, you need to think about your services as a filmmaker DP and where those align with an agency. What kind of agency are you going to go after? I think it makes sense to work with agencies that need your services and meet your price points and can reap the benefits of hiring you. Not all agencies are going to fall into that. So first off, think about that. Find the right agencies for your work. And then after you do that, how do you develop a good relationship with an agency? Well, do good work and be a good creator and be a good business person and be honest and uh, show up on time and over deliver. I don't know, do a good job. As always, if you guys found this helpful, if you click that little thumbs up below and share this with someone else who would find it helpful, that would be amazing. If you guys have any questions let me know your questions. What are your questions for me? It doesn't have to be related to this topic. Last week, we talked about how to start freelancing in 2020. If you want to check that video out, you can go check it out. But this week, we're talking about pre pro. So let me know your questions. And next week, I'll tack them on to the end of the video. So you can hear the answers to your questions, leave them below in the comments. Or if you're just listening to this, you can head over to nicksfort.com slash podcast, and you can ask your question there. And that's going to be a little bit more anonymous. If you don't want it to be in public, you also throw questions at me on Twitter or Instagram. I don't really care where you ask them. Just ask me these questions. Let's have an interaction. And most importantly, get out there, put this information into practice and go create something. I'll see you guys later. Peace.